It's a football Friday on the Fan Morning Show and the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtold with you as there's some intriguing matchups this weekend. Steelers hosting the Green Bay Packers, third and final home game in a row as Matt Canada for the second consecutive game will be coaching from the sideline. Also have Penn State hosting Michigan in the biggest game of the year for the Nittany Lions and Pitt football in what should be a fun one. Two teams that are not very good, but a matchup that really the ACC has tried to make a rivalry game. These teams have played forever against each other going back to the Big East days. The Panthers in the Orange will do battle at Yankee Stadium. Just like the Panthers have played in the Pinstripe Bowl, but a regular season game at Yankee Stadium, which should be very cool for Pitt, for Pitt fans that are making the journey. Really excited to just be able to watch it and experience that as well. Penguins winners last night, 4-3 to against the LA Kings. Brian Russ scored an overtime goal to win it just seconds after scoring one that was called back. Russ was able to find the back of the net, and the Penguins, perfect road trip. Took care of San Jose, took care of Anaheim, took care of the Kings 3-0. and Pens went to the West Coast, and you weren't really, really sure what you were going to get from this team. I mean, truly, the Ducks have been okay. The Kings have been very solid this year. San Jose is one of the worst teams, could go down as one of the worst teams in NHL history. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that, right? That's just how bad the Sharks have played. Eric Carlson trade for the Penguins seemingly has gone decent for Pittsburgh and for Kyle Dubas. But our number one topic, our number one story is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Currently at the playoffs started today, the Steelers would be in the playoffs as the number one wildcard team, followed by the Browns, followed by the Bengals. All six teams... All six teams, all four teams in the AFC North would make the playoffs with seven spots up for grabs, as well as Kansas City, the Baltimore Ravens, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Miami Dolphins. So, we know Baltimore's good. We know Cincinnati's good. And Cleveland... Deshaun Watson, how much does he really want to be there? Is he just collecting a check? He hasn't played in a couple of games. But the Browns, maybe because they've faced kind of inferior opponents. But again, they did beat San Francisco. P.J. Walker is their quarterback, relying on their defense, having the defense force turnovers against a Brock Purdy and other quarterbacks that are seemingly not too up to the task against one of the top three defenses in the entire league. Kenny Pickett played well against Cleveland. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. It was better in the second half, but that's been the theme of Kenny Pickett and the Steelers this season. So when I watched Thursday Night Football last night, and I watched Bryce Young and the Chicago Bears, who own the Panthers' first-round pick this year, won the game, and knocked the Panthers down another pedestal, still with one loss on the year. 
with one win on the year, I should say. And I wonder, and I say to myself, would you rather have Kenny Pickett or Bryce Young? Because coming into this year, I would have said, look, we've only seen a couple of games from Kenny Pickett. I like what I've seen from him in a couple of games, but Bryce Young's the number one pick in the draft. Kenny Pickett was 20th. Probably would have been farther down draft boards if it wasn't for the Pittsburgh Steelers filling a need. But think about this for Bryce Young. Through quarterbacks with their first seven stars, Joe Burrow was 1-5-1. and Trevor Lawrence was 1-6. Jared Goff, 0-7. Matthew Stafford in 2009 was 1-6. A ton of interceptions thrown in there as well. Bryce Young has not been very good. But historically, for some of those quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford's won a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow's been the one. Two AFC Championship games in a row. Trevor Lawrence could be the next great quarterback in the NFL, where Jacksonville is surrounding him with some weapons in his third season. What does Bryce Young have around him? Adam Thielen, who has passed his prime, still a solid wide receiver. Hayden Hurst, who tried to play baseball first with the Pirates, actually. Also played for a couple other teams, minor leagues. But eventually found his way to the Baltimore Ravens as its high draft choice. He's been okay. He's never been a number one tight end. Marshall, a wide receiver from LSU who has never panned out in the NFL. Carolina traded Christian McCaffrey. So it's Chuba Hubbard as the main running back. Not somebody you consider a featured guy, and they lost to Bajent, undrafted rookie, not even from a D1 school, on the road in Chicago, Justin Fields didn't play. So yeah, I like Frank Wright, but Bryce Young needs some pieces around him. Would you rather be in the Steelers' position with Kenny Pickett 20th pick, we've seen it with game-winning drives, seven games, he's won it in the fourth quarter, or would you rather have Bryce Young, not as big, not being able to throw to as many weapons? The Steelers' weapons are undoubtedly better than Carolina. Carolina plays in a worse division, and again, the numbers for Bryce Young compared to other quarterbacks, it is tough. He was the number one pick for a reason. Would you rather have Kenny Pickett or Bryce Young right now? I've shifted from the very start of the year, at least to the draft, because I saw what Bryce Young did at Alabama. You saw it as well. Solid player. Very good player. Elusive to be able to escape out of the pocket. He can scramble and find guys downfield. Now, I don't know if it's coaching, if he doesn't have the weapons. He looks like a completely different guy. And partly, that might be because of just it's the NFL and he's the transition He's not C.J. Stroud. Did people think that C.J. Stroud was going to be the better prospect coming out of college? Yes, there's a stigma around Ohio State quarterbacks. But back to Kenny Pickett. Matt Canada is coaching on the sideline now. And seemingly, it worked out pretty well for Pickett. 
pretty well for the offense. The Steelers were able to get the victory against Tennessee on Thursday night. The communication between me and Coach was great. Um, I think it was awesome after we had our conversation on what we want to do the next series. He was able to go and kind of talk to each position group and kind of give them, you know, what we're looking to do that next drive. I think that, I think that was huge. So there's a lot of positives um, that came away from it, so I think we can continue to build on that. Huh. It's a good answer from Kenny Pickett, and I think it's the truth. Matt Canada might not like it. He likes to be up in the booth. He likes to see the entirety of the field. Is that overrated? Have we overrated how important it is, at least in Matt Canada's eyes, to be able to sit in the booth, see everything? Because I'm personally somebody who values relationships. I'm loyal, and I think that one important factor in football and also coaching from the sideline compared to being up in the booth is that you get to look somebody in the eye. You get to look at Kenny Pickett, sit right next to him and point to different things that you can work on. It's easier, you can't deny it, to have a face-to-face conversation with somebody sitting right next to him than it is to be able to get something done over a Zoom call, over the phone, or over headsets in the middle of the game when so much is going on. Or for Matt Canada to be able to talk to other position groups. It has to be easier for Canada to just walk over to Najee Harris instead of dialing up the phone and doing it that way. So, Matt, you might not like it, but this is what you got to do. All we're trying to, you know, to do is win, and we were, we're always hunting different things and different, you know, deals with that. And obviously, when I was upstairs or am upstairs, you know, talking to Kenny is no different. He gets there, yeah. we can talk. And the ability to talk to the other guys to make sure we were together was something we felt was a bonus for us to do, and felt like that would, you know, again, we're gonna we're gonna look at every simple, every single crack or whatever we can do to make things better, and continue to find ways to win. That might be Matt Canada's opinion that things are better from the booth. But Kenny Pickett thinks otherwise. He likes it better. And yeah, Matt Canada spent his entire career in the booth. Matt Canada coached at Pitt. But it's easier for Pickett to be able to sit there and talk to him. Have a conversation. Go over things. Look at the Microsoft Service tablet with Matt Canada sitting right next to him. Or standing with him on the sideline. I think it's a real thing. So Matt Canada might downplay it. He might be comfortable in the booth. Tough. Tough. You're already on the hot seat. Matt Canada knows that. He knows that the world is against him, pretty much. And that people are going to criticize every word that he says. But for the Steelers this week, it should be a victory. Realistically, if you just look at the schedule and you see Green Bay at the very beginning of the year, you think, ah, how will Jordan Love play? It's the Green Bay Packers. This is not the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers, though, anymore. It's not. You're facing off against a team that traded off for Shul Douglas, one of his best corners. And at the moment, really, who are their valuable weapons? Christian Watson's fine. I like Romeo Dobbs. Aaron Jones has been banged up the whole year, but the Packers are 3-5. and five. They're not going to the playoffs. They're not winning their division like they do seemingly every year when Aaron Rodgers was there. Congratulations on beating the Rams 20-3. They're a disaster now. They've lost to the Vikings, the Broncos, the Raiders. They lost every game in October. 
At the Raiders, then the bye. At the Broncos by two. Against the Vikings at home. And then they beat the Rams at home. They've lost to the Lions. They've lost to Atlanta. Green Bay's wins are against the Bears, of course. The Saints, not very good. And the Rams, not very good. They haven't played a good team other than the Lions. The Vikings are okay. No Kirk Cousins. But the Broncos aren't any good. The Raiders have fired Josh McDaniels. They are a horrendous organization right now and really have been for a while. The season gets very tough for Green Bay. Steelers, Chargers, at the Lions, Chiefs, at the Giants, Bucks, eh, at the Panthers, at the Vikings, and then the Bears to close the season. Jordan Love is not that great. This is a Green Bay team that's 23rd in total offense, 22nd in passing yards. Jordan Love's averaging 200 yards through the year. They're 22nd in rushing yards, averaging 100 yards per game. And they're 20th in points at, yes, 20 points per game. Jordan Love, overall 60% completion rate. He's been fine. He's averaging 215 yards per game. But 12 touchdowns, 8 picks. Maybe he has a little bit more free reign than Kenny Pickett. But again, would you rather have Bryce Young or Kenny? I'm siding with Kenny. One, he doesn't turn the ball over. He makes good decisions. When you look at Pickett's stat sheet, you go, oh, six touchdowns, four picks. I think we're all in agreement. We want to see more. We want to see Pickett Swing it around the yard. Yeah. We want to see George Pickens and Deontay Johnson catch a touchdown in the same game. Because we want to see Pickens not chatted up with people on social media with all this nonsense and have to speak on it in the middle of the week where the media is asking, are you frustrated? And, oh, I just want to win. And it's all about winning and good to see Deontay Johnson to be able to get into the end zone. Somebody talked to George Pickens before he spoke to the media. I think that was pretty fair and evident to see. Pickett so far this season, he had two touchdown passes against the Raiders. That had not happened previously. It had not happened. He had a touchdown against San Francisco, Cleveland, two against the Raiders, one passing against Baltimore. Did not have a passing touchdown against the Rams or against Jacksonville. Now he did rush for a touchdown against the Rams, The Steelers had a couple more rushing touchdowns with Najee and Jalen Warren being able to reach the end zone. But other than two interceptions against San Francisco, one against Cleveland, one against Houston, he's done well. Three interceptions, and those were in the losses. One against Cleveland, that was a back-and-forth affair. And other than the San Francisco game, we gave the offensive line a lot of slack. Kenny's been protected decently well. He's not spinning into sacks anymore. He had five against San Francisco, who was one of the best defenses in the game. Maybe not one of the best teams in the game, as we originally thought. If the Steelers played San Francisco now, I think they can win. I think they can win it. People have kind of figured out Brock Purdy. They're banged up. Debo Samuel's missed time. Christian McCaffrey has missed some time. That is not a healthy team. Sacked twice against Cleveland, three times against Houston, three times against Baltimore. But in the last three games, he's been sacked four times. Twice against the Rams, once against Jacksonville. That was kept clean against Tennessee. First time that's happened all year. The offensive line played its best game of the year against Tennessee. They opened holes. They ran. They run blocked well. Part of the reason is Broderick Jones. What should the Steelers' offensive line look like? 
What does Broderick Jones think about this offensive line combination? That's coming up next here on the Fanway Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtel with you. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com.